Welcome back to Essential Dynamics, the wonderful show about growing your business and making it stick. I'm Reed McCollum, your occasional and erstwhile host. Glad to be back and discussing things again with my friend, Derek Hudson. Derek, are you there? Reed, it's so good to be back with you. Thanks for uh, joining me or thanks for inviting me. What, however we do it, it's great to be yeah, together again on this is. podcast together. It today. certainly is. <laughs> yeah, it's essential. It is. I feel it, it's dynamic. Uh, Derek, tell me now, uh, how you been doing this? We've had a we've had a very busy year and a lot of a lot of talk on essential dynamics and covering a lot of ground. And do you feel there's a uh, an area that you would like to pursue that we have not yet touched? Yeah, yeah, there is. Um, as you know, essential dynamics as a concept seems to apply really well to helping business organizations. That's how I got into it. It's also shown to the principles are shown to be relevant in our personal lives and in broader society. And uh, most of the past several, several episodes, I'm really focused on helping leaders of organizations. And oh, I, I think we, I think we've had some, uh, some great conversations about, getting your business unstuck and trying to make sure that management's attention, which is an important resource is properly focused and used. I want to branch out and I see the the episode today is a bit of a bridge between talking to uh, individuals who run organizations and then talk, talking also to an audience of people who have an interest in the overall economy and in each of these individual businesses growing and doing better. And so so I want, there's a, just a term that, uh, that came to mind last week in some conversations I was in that I want to explore a little bit. Um, we spent a lot of time, if you pay attention to what's happening in, in the local economy and what governments and others are trying to do to make the economy better so that, you know, people have jobs and have incomes and stuff, spent a lot of time in what's called the startup space or, uh, or the uh, innovation um, ecosystem. And w- we all want, you know, in our various local communities, uh, we want to have these tech startups start, be successful, grow, um, hire people, have great products, and, you know, become worth, you know, millions and maybe hopefully billions of dollars. So there's a lot of energy focused on, creating the next Google, um, the next Spotify, the next, uh, you know, AI superpower. And there's a lot of energy goes going into that. Um, but I think people are starting to recognize it might be saturated. It might be too much energy. And there's a lot of potential in the current mainstream economy for doing better. Well, I was going to ask you, Derek, to, to that point. What at what point does a does a business stop being a startup? A startup is an exciting little term with with hope attached, and uh, and people get excited about some. In my business, in theater, it's an original. If it's original, oh great, that's let's do it, uh, or that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's at very exciting. Point, at what point do you stop being original? Well, well, there's uh, there's a there's a few places. One one uh, major step that re, that kind of separates the, the, you know the early stage startups from later stage startups is when you start having customers. And okay. uh, no offense to folks who don't have customers yet, but 
It's uh, when your business is based on PowerPoint presentations, uh, it can be anything and do anything. And you can talk about all kinds of things. And then as soon as you have a customer and the customer is looking for you to deliver value, then um, you, you get, yeah, I, you're stuck in the real world now. Yeah, it narrows you down to focus considerably. It's uh, narrows the focus, I should say. It, yeah. it, and then your then your your business is your customer. So, so it your your focus very much narrows to the needs of your customer, um, and you have to deal with reality. Uh, you can say, "This is my plan. I'm going to invent this, and people are going to buy it." And then when someone buys it and says it doesn't work, that's a completely different level. So there's that's one level. And then there's another level at which um, you might say a business is mature. They've, they've developed a product. People are buying it. Um, they've have to solve a lot of problems to make sure that the product works, the customers are getting it. And then as we've spoken about on previous episodes, you solve these problems until you get to a problem that you can't solve and um, and then you're stuck. And that may be at various sizes, but at some point you have a small company that's chugging along and uh, for people who are interested in economic growth, they would love to see those small companies become big companies. Yes. Isn't the and goal of a small company to be swallowed by a bigger one? Well, maybe bought out, maybe grow, um, maybe just grow slowly, maybe grow fast, maybe, you know, for, uh, for some companies just stay as they are. But if you're concerned about the overall economy, you want to see these businesses, you know, collectively grow and hire more people and create more jobs and economic activity. And so the term that we hear for that is, uh, to move from startup to scale up. And so scaling a business is like, okay, I have a business in one location. Now I'm going to scale it to be in 10 locations or hundred locations, or I have a business that produced one product and now I'm going to produce a new product every, every year. And so this idea of scaling up is uh, something that's getting some attention, maybe in some ways increased attention because we've kind of put all of our chips on the startup number. And we're realizing that that takes a long time. A lot of startups don't get very big and we're trying to move the needle on the overall economy. And so maybe scaling is something that should be paid attention to. So what I thought I'd do today is to connect uh, the idea of scaling a company with the work that we've been doing to help companies get unstuck. And so I've come up with uh, seven steps to scaling your business. Oh, and I want like to sounds like a successful number. Yeah, and and uh, and so I want to talk about them um, probably probably over the next couple of episodes because oh, we right. do we do tend to go on. So, so seven seven steps to scaling your business. Have you already figured out what those seven are, or are you looking for the seven? Well, I I've got seven, and um, what I'm interested in is by the end of the next episode, are they still the same seven, or is there ah. is it is it seven? Are they same order? But it's uh, it's fun to think of things this way, and I and you know I love alliteration. Otherwise, we wouldn't have people, path, and purpose. So, <laughs> <clears throat> I have to tell you a story, Derek. Uh, Go ahead, quick. Uh, 
when I was doing summer stock at Yellowstone Park, one of our one of our recurring customers every summer was a man who had whose family had he had built an enormous mansion of a cabin just outside of Yellowstone Park, and his name was Stephen Covey. Yes, and, yes. Uh, and he used to come to the shows every summer, and I got to know him a little bit. And I remember once he hired me for a small project and gave me as a as a, a reward or payment uh, an advanced copy of his newest book, Seven Habits of Very uh, Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's right up there. Yeah, it's right <laughs> up here. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Oh, okay. I guess that's yeah. what the title was. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, I, I, I asked him immediately, what if there's an eighth habit? And he said, well, then I'll write another book, which 20 years later, he did. He did. He did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that that um, might be our eighth principle might be uh, then write the sequel. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I have to tell you, seven habits was obviously an incredible breakthrough for Stephen Covey as a business person, as an advisor and a consultant. And, uh, and he was obviously revered, uh, for that. And justifiably so his, his comments were, he was able to, to, uh, distill a lot of business principles into workable solutions and, and thoughts. And I really appreciated that. But I also have to say that he was never once on time for a show. Okay. Okay. Well, it's, it's nice to know that even the superheroes are regular people. Um, so so the, the, one of the things that resonates about the seven habits um, and that's, that Stephen uh, tried to do was to base things on um, sort of enduring principles. Yeah. So the situations could change, but you could go back to, uh, to these foundational principles. And I think this is something that we'll, we'll explore in the next few episodes because Sometimes when the helping organizations want to help businesses, they try to fix a particular problem that they see. And um, every company is unique. Uh, it's, it's quite possible that a government agency doesn't understand uh, a business, but yet they, they write up a solution that they can do a press release on. It may not be the best solution. So I think a principles-based approach to scaling your business would be highly, highly appropriate. And so maybe that's why there's seven steps. So let's see what we got. Let's see and see if it makes sense. Well, tell me what your, tell me a few, let's just start. Let's just take a few in, in order. Tell me the first three steps in scaling your business. Okay. So what I'm, what I've come up with, and then we can talk about each one of them is uh, the first one is you need to get really clear about what you're trying to accomplish really clear about your purpose or as we talk about essential dynamics, your purpose X and your purpose Y. Um, one of the ways that that purpose X purpose Y gets uh, manifest is a lot of times there's a natural tension between growth and stability. And so you could have your business all nice and stable, no risk, everything sort of battened down and stagnate. Yeah. Or you could take on too much too fast, um, overbuild your foundation and collapse. And sure. so there's a, there's a natural tension. So I, I am always going to say, let's consider purpose X and purpose Y. But if you're going to scale, the question is what's the foundation upon which you're scaling? What's the thing you're trying to accomplish? And so that's, that's uh, probably the first step. The second step is to, 
I was just gonna before you leave the first step. Okay. I want to know. I, I want to know if that's a different. If there's a difference between purpose. Be be clear about your purpose. Is is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. That's the first step. Be that's clear right. about your purpose. Is that a lot of companies have a mission statement? How is that different? Uh, sometimes, sometimes the mission statement is a really good indication of purpose. Um, other times it might serve a, um, it might deal with a, a purpose X and a purpose Y is unstated and that's causes big problems. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and other times the, the mission is, it's a statement. It's on the wall. It's not really what people think. Ah, so it's it's a it's there to be admired more than it's a it's a it's a marketing tool rather than a sense of you know real real internal purpose. Okay. And then and, and and then there's lots we can talk about in terms of uh, whether the people are are connected to that purpose or not. But that's the step that I have down the line here a little bit. So right. what's what's the second step? Second one is. Um, Okay, if you're not growing at the pace you think you should grow, uh, then, the, you know, by definition, you're stuck. And so if you're stuck, the, the question is, where are you stuck? And, and if you weren't stuck, you would be growing like infinitely. So you're not. And so the question is, let's, let's get really clear about how you're stuck. And that is, uh, there's a lot to that. So we can talk about that one. And then the third one, which we've talked about before, um, is now it's time to step outside of the work that you do and look at your business as a system. Okay. I want to clarify some stuff. Let's, Let's redefine to the second step as get clear. First one is be clear about your purpose. The second is get clear about your progress. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna use the word stuck. Yeah, yeah. Okay, get unstuck. Okay. okay. No. So so step no step two. If the whole thing's getting unstuck, step two is document and understand the dynamic which has got you in a holding pattern. So why are you not progressing? Get clear on why you are not progressing. And we talk we talked about this in previous episodes. And sometimes it's because no one's trying to progress. Sometimes it's because you run up against the problem you can't solve. And sometimes it's the business is so complex. You don't actually know which of the factors is holding you back. Oh, good. Okay. Um, okay. And, and there are some techniques that uh, you can use to identify what we call negative self-reinforcing loops or um, some pervasive conflict where the very, the actions that you take uh, reinforce each other and holding you stuck. And I would say I'm going to project right into your business, right into your living room there, Reed, okay. and say when you're a writer, uh, if you are feeling a bit frustrated all the time, the words aren't flowing almost never, then you're not writing well or pro- prolifically. You're describing my career. And so then you are frustrated all the time, which means the words are not flowing and okay. you are right. So I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Okay. But if you, however you break that, when you break that and you write a paragraph and you look at it and you say, where did that come from? 
that's good stuff. Was that me? Uh, then you can write another paragraph and that's reinforcing in a positive way. Derek, I really appreciate what you're saying because as a writer, I have felt that several times and you get going on a project and you feel, I, I feel stuck. Yes. The, 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 the stuckness that I don't know how to say that properly, but the moments when I am most stuck are actually when I'm unhappy with the, the direction my story is taking me. But if I can depict that uh, story accurately and honestly, then I feel like it's taking me to a good place. So I think Reed, there's a difference between being stuck and, you know, fighting through adversity. Oh, good. And both, both of them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. The problem with the stuck is if we don't change what we're doing, we're going to keep in the same loop. Well, you described the loop very well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I've had that in, uh, in writing projects that I've been working on too, um, that no one's ever read even when they're, when I'm unstuck, but the, uh, (laughs) but I think it's a great example of that negative loop. And so, so the negative reinforces, we got to break through to get to the positive reinforces. So um, that's step two then is like define it for what it is. And and you can't move on until you see that you're in some kind of uh, per- self-perpetuating dilemma or negative reinforcing loop. Um, or, or you've just lost complete momentum and, and, and you're yeah, yeah. Stuck, w- stuck with inertia. So that's, that, that was step two. And then I think I described step three as now we step outside and look at the business as a system. As a system, you sound that, forgive me, that sounds impersonal. That are you saying we have to look at it objectively? Uh, well, are, I think object, objective objectivity is, is definitely part of it. But the other part um, that I'd say is we have to understand uh, cause and effect. Um, we have to understand um, things like precedence and dependence. Like this step creates uh, an output that that step consumes and creates an output for the next step. And um, so one of the ways we think about it is that if your business is a system and we've stated a purpose, so now the system has to create the reality of that purpose or in a business we have to create value for the customer. And there are steps that are critical to creating value to the customer. And then there's a bunch of other stuff that maybe makes it hard for, for that to even be seen or discerned. Uh, so the first first thing is, you know, what's my what's the business system? I have a purpose. Uh, it's it's not producing like it should. What's the system? And then when you look at the system, uh, you're able to see where things are flowing and where they're not flowing, and where there's extra capacity and not enough capacity. When you're busy doing. You cannot see those things when you're actually in the in the process of the production, if, if if I may. When you're in the process of making your your product, whatever you're going to sell, whatever they whatever is going to make your business attractive, does that mean you're automatically blind to the problems that you have? Uh, not necessarily automatically, but 
Um, what we need is an overall systems view. You need to see how that's the value flows through and gets created in the system. And when you're at one point of it, then, you know, you're at a workstation with an inbox and an outbox and you're, you know, cranking through the step, you can't see the whole system. And so the value of, you know, management in general is that you step back, you're building the system, evaluating the system, refining the system. So if we're going back to our context here of scaling, if we want to do a whole lot more of something, we absolutely have to take a system view. You can't just like do more. You can't hire more people, just speed up the line. You can't just buy more raw materials. You have to see it as a system. What if there's an, an innate end where you shouldn't really expand because beyond that, where the expand, expansion will ruin your business? But so, so Reed, that's a really interesting point. And, and so, you know, the premise that we're talking about here is that it's better to scale your business. Or if you have, if it fits your purposes, yeah, then then let's scale a business. So so there could be some reasons where why that wouldn't be a good idea. So let's say, for example, that you're a professional, you're a okay. dentist, you're okay. a dentist. Okay, okay. okay. Right. you you love you love dentistry, and all you want to do is uh, you know help people with their dental health. You want to work in their mouths. If you have enough of a system to get uh, patients in your chair all day, you know that's one level of the system. If you feel like your particular approach to dentistry, the location that you're in, um, financial objectives, uh, you're you're actually more interested in uh, some other things besides actually the practice of dentistry in somebody's mouth, you may feel to expand and have uh, multiple chairs, multiple dentists, evening and weekend hours, and you know, being a training, you know, like doing all kinds of stuff. But if you do that you're going to spend way less time working in people's spells. And so depending on what, what uh, you're really interested in, you might choose one of those or the other, and neither of them would be wrong. So when we're talking about sort of public policy and we want some businesses to grow, we want them right. to grow a lot and you can only grow really effectively by taking a systems view of things because otherwise the, the constraint we, we talked about so many times uh, when you're growing fast, it's going to move around on you like crazy. and You're never going to know where it is. And uh, so every place you you uh, add resources to will be the wrong place until until you figure it out. And so there's, uh, I guess, our premise is getting clear in what you're trying to accomplish and how you're stuck and then looking at it as a system are three really important steps to being able to scale a business because you can't just add more speed or resources. So should you know your, your endpoint before you even begin? Should you say, I want to grow this business this far and no farther, or <clears throat> should you take it one step at a time? I think sometimes there are these natural step changes and you kind of have to be able to get your, your head and your stomach around the step change. Some people are really uh, specific about goals. I'm, I'm probably less so because I've put so many projections together with so many numbers that don't mean anything. But I, I would say that let's get ready for the next step change when that is and, and decide if we want to do it or not, and then take it as far as you can and then think about the next one. So I don't know if that's, I don't know if this podcast is going to hold up on its own. I mean, we're, we're going to come back uh, and do another one, but that's about 
That's the first three of uh, the seven steps to scaling your business, Reed. I think that's plenty to digest for this week, but I am eager to hear the last four uh, steps in scaling your business. I think this has been fascinating. I think it's applicable to many. Uh, you know, I I worry sometimes, Derek, that my career choice and, and uh, my experiences are of no value to you because they're so unique and so uh, theater is so far away from what you present, what you do. And yet I find parallels in every discussion. We talked about principles, right? Yeah. And if they're, if they're good principles, they should apply in lots of different places. And so we'll take the extreme example of the theater any chance we can get because <laughs> if it works well, there yeah. too, then we're, yeah. on some, we're onto something. Well, you reminded me very very specifically of a show that was going very well at a theater that I was running and uh, it was, it was going very well. And we talked about taking it on the road and the cost, not financial cost. We thought we could handle the financial cost, but the emotional cost to the cast and how long, what exactly did we want by taking it on the road? And how do we tell the people on the road it was such a big hit where we were uh, originally? That was So we decided not to. And I think we made the right decision. You know, from a financial standpoint, we could, we might have made money on a tour, but it was a risk. And I know we would have made our cast very unhappy. So we're going to get to that in our next episodes when we talk about the people. But that's yeah, the kind of good. that's the kind of step change I was talking about. So we'll we'll pick that up next time. That's awesome. I think we're about out of time for this podcast, but I sure look forward to the next one. That's a good uh, cliffhanger on which to hang. Uh, I, I just want to say thank you very much to Derek Hudson. Derek, where can people find you if they want to talk to you? Go on the web and look for getunconstrained.com. We'd be happy to hear from anyone. And uh, I'm Reed McCollum, and you can't find me on the web because I don't exist uh, as a social person. But I am delighted to say, until next time, consider your quest. <laughs> <laughs>